Welcome to the Florida State Podcast of Entrepreneurship and Innovation, where we showcase student entrepreneurs to learn about the startups they are working on, check in with alumni to hear about the companies they are building, and learn from seasoned entrepreneurs who have built amazing companies. Hosted by Mark McNeese, a serial entrepreneur who has started for-profits, non-profits, social impact companies, and is currently entrepreneur-in-residence at the Jim Rand School of Entrepreneurship. Well, welcome. Today we have Gerard Le- Lamoff uh, here from Superior Painting and the Over Under Bar here in the Jim Moran College Studio. Uh, 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 Gerard was selected as one of the seven under 30 um, uh, participants this year. Seven under 30 is when our college picks seven entrepreneurs that started their company before they were 30 years old. They don't have to be 30, um, which is good because Gerard's probably 31. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, so this is part of that series. So welcome. Well, thank you very much. Well, tell us a little bit about your companies and uh, just when did you start them? And yeah, just tell us about them. Yeah, well, I, I am 45, but I, I started my painting company while I was um, a junior at FSU in 1997. 1997. So that okay. qualified me for being uh, one of the seven under 30. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I, kind of a long story short, but I, I sat down next to a guy in a, in, a, in a psychology class. I got my degree in psychology minor in communications. I never took a business class. Okay. And uh, <laughs> there was a, a, a guy that I sat next to and we became friends and he said he was going to start a painting business. And he asked me if I wanted to work with him over the summer. And I didn't really have um, any plans to work. It was just a summer between my junior and senior year. I didn't have any classes to take. So I said, sure. And he never started the business, but he said he'd get me a job working for the guy that he worked for. And I didn't really care who was paying me. So I did that. And after about a week working with him and looking what looking at what he was doing, I said to my friend, I said, look, we can do what this guy does. And we decided to quit and start our, our own business. And it really, I didn't think it was going to take off the way it did. I wasn't going to school, you know, to, to, to have my own business. It's something I think I've always wanted to do, but I didn't really know in what. And it, it just kind of fell in our laps. Um, after that first year, my, my senior year, we, we were still partners and we did the business together. And, you know, after that year, we kind of decided to part ways and um, I started my own, I started Superior Painting in 1998, and I brought my dad in to be my partner at the time. And we still work together, and it's been 22 years since we've had that business together. And, um, you know, we're up to almost 40 employees. Oh, wow. And uh, we've been pretty well established in the, in the community. So this year, my, uh, my wife and I decided we're going to do a couple of extra things. You know, 20 January of 2020, probably the worst month and uh, maybe aside from prohibition right in our country's history to buy a bar right <laughs> but, but we did uh we, we had a friend of mine and uh and he and i backed the previous uh manager of the of the wine loft it's uh, that's where the wine loft used to be so he and i put some money in there's three of us together um bob is the uh he manages it so i i go to a, a weekly meeting and work out some of the strategic planning and stuff but i don't actually work for the bar so what's the uh, what's the theme of the bar? Uh, uh, is it is it a full bar? Tell us a little bit about yeah. About well, it. It, it's called the over under because it's it's got two levels. There's a balcony um, right there on the corner of Sixth Avenue and Thomasville Road. The balcony overlooks uh, Thomasville Road, mm-hmm. and um, and that's kind of more of a, of a modern urban kind of feel. It's got TVs and outdoor area, um, brick and mortar kind of look. 
and uh, downstairs is the under, if you will, and that's got a, a baby grand piano. We don't have TVs down there. It's you know kind of a little more elegant. We we you know we like to have somebody playing the piano, maybe a little jazz music downstairs. So you've got a little different feel on both levels. Okay. And, you know, of course, we were open for 21 days and COVID hit. Right. <laughs> and we're still working our way through that. So we're still open, but not to the, you know, we don't, we, we still have people playing on uh, Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays. Um, we'll have a DJ upstairs. We'll have a piano player downstairs. But, you know, we're still kind of working through getting getting back to back to normal, which, you know, we still have a little, a little more ways to go. Right. I, yeah, I could not imagine just uh, knowing just the impact it's had on Red Eye. Mm -hmm. And uh, people ask me, how, how's it going? And I said, well, when your business model is based on people coming together and sitting in a, in a, in a room for long periods of time, uh, it's not a great business model for a pandemic. Nobody puts it in the business plan either. You know? Yeah, <laughs> Nobody yeah. Nobody plans for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think all of us who are in the hospitality business are just kind of like holding on, uh, you know, so, but fortunately you have your other company and are people pay, uh, still getting their houses painted? I know, I know I had you come over and quote uh, on my house, which we're, we're still waiting for our refi to come through, <laughs> but as soon as we get that, but so uh, we're painting our house. Uh, yep. How's that business been going? I think it might've, might've picked up a little okay. bit. Now we're pretty established. I mean, we've got, like I said, I 30 something to 40 employees and we can kind of, we, we can grow a little bit bigger, but not that much, you mm -hmm. know, um, we, last year was our best year and, and each year we've gotten a little bit better, but last year was a, a significantly better. 2019 was significantly better than 2018, which actually put me on the Seminole 100 list, which was oh, the, nice. the list of the 100 fastest growing businesses of, of FSU alumni, which is kind of cool from being in business for 21 years that I'm still right, growing. Yeah, but this year, we're going to match that number. Nice. Um, right, right, very close to it. And uh, I do think that being at home, being stuck at home, you know, you, you're, you're working out of the house. You, you're looking at your walls a lot more than you have in the past. You're walking around your house a lot more than you had in the past. And I think it's people are, are, are investing in, in their homes a little bit to want them to make them look a little bit nicer. They're spending more time there. So not just the painting trades, but I think a lot of the other home improvement trades have kind of benefited from the the lockdown and people not going to work. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think that's uh, my wife was at home and she's like, this needs to get painted and this <laughs> needs to get done. And, and so I think you're absolutely right. It's been interesting through this pandemic, which businesses have really thrived. You know, you got businesses like... Um, you know, Zoom, right? Mm -hmm. That that's just tailor made for for this. And then you have bars and you know, coffee bars and alcohol bars. Sure. It's you know, not not maybe not as good. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I wish I've invested in Peloton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Peloton, and then uh, I do Zwift, which is a cycle, another cycling yep. thing, and they're just been up and to the right. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that they grew by like three hundred percent or something like that. Again. Nobody puts pandemic in their business model, and I, I would probably recommend that they don't because no. they're hard to, you know, but I, I do think it goes to the resilience of an entrepreneur and, you know, just trying to figure out, you know, different ways of how do you overcome, you know, challenges because 
we may not always, hopefully, not always have pandemics going on, but there's always challenges in 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 business. Uh, Matt Thompson uh, for the table, um, uh, Township and Madison Social. It's funny. I was in an interview with him, and somebody asked him, "So, how would you describe your job?" And he says, "I get up every day and I solve problems. That's yeah. that's what I do." Mm-hmm. Uh, so. What's, uh, as far as like some of your challenges uh, that you've faced growing and scaling your business, you know, going from just yourself then to bringing in your dad to having 40 employees, that's, you have a rather big operation going on right now. Uh, what is, uh, how's been scaling? Uh, what are some lessons learned along the way? Um, I think you have to be willing to give up the job that you're doing mm-hmm. in order to do the job above it. Unpack that a little bit for us. I think, uh, all right, so most of the time, if you're going to start a business, mm-hmm. you're usually doing what that business is. Right. Okay, if you're starting a painting business, you're out there painting houses. Right. And you have that control of, of painting that house. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people might not want to give that control up. Right. But you can only paint so many houses by yourself. Right. So you have to hire people. And then you have to trust them to be able to paint that house. And then you have to hire more people because you're, you're out there now. Your job is to go and sell the jobs. Right. So now you sell three jobs, but you've got one crew painting one house, and now the jobs are building up. So then you have to hire more people to, to, to paint more houses. Right. Then you're also still the secretary the <laughs> answering the phones. You're still doing the accounting. <laughs> you're doing the collections. Now you have to relieve yourself from that position and hire somebody to do that. So you have to be willing to step away from the job that you're doing to take that next job to be able to grow your business. And I guess if it's if it's challenges, it's you know um, it's teaching somebody how to do something that you've done and you've kind of just taught yourself. Right. You know. I mean, when we I, I I was so worried to hire somebody to to run my office that they had to know QuickBooks. Because I knew I knew enough of QuickBooks, but I didn't know enough to teach them how to do QuickBooks. <laughs> right. You know, so now you got to hire somebody to do something that you almost don't really know how to do, and you got to kind of trust them to do that. And and now I've gotten to the point where I've 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 had to hire another estimator. So now I've got pretty much somebody in the company that does everything that I can do, which is a nice feeling because I could go on vacation now. <laughs> I right. could go away for a week or two, yeah. and everything continues to move forward. But um, I that that that's how you grow. You have to stop doing the job that you're doing to do the next one, and just trust the person that you're going to be able to hire to do that. And that can be challenging. How how do you find people to do that? I think if you if my my biggest challenge in a painting company is hiring people. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to hire people. Um, we just don't even really know how to go about it anymore. When I first started the business, you put an ad in the paper. Right. I mean, this is back with, you know, I mean, we had walkie-talkies. <laughs> you know, I mean, the most people had cell phones, but, you know, at that point you had, like, limit minutes and stuff. You didn't really want to use the, the cell phones. But, uh, you know, but we used to put an ad in the paper. You know, they'd look at the Tallahassee Democrat. You'd get phone calls. A bunch of people would show up to the interviews. Now it's online, and you've got a bunch of different avenues. You've got Indeed, and you've got the Tallahassee Democrat still has one, and uh, the Biz Hub, I forget what it's called, but um, so we put a couple of ads in Indeed, and you get a lot of people applying, but they don't even show up to the interview. It, it's just 
it's absurd to me. I mean, they'll 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 apply for the job. They they call. They they yes a few uh, a few phone call questions. You schedule the interview, and I say fifty percent of the people don't even show up to the interview. Hmm. So, just trying to get people to come and actually come in and and and, and work is has been the challenge, especially at you know having forty people. You know, I might need to hire three or four at a time. Right. What's your uh, in the in the painting business, uh, like at Red Eye, our churn rate with employees is very high in the hospitality. I'm sure you know that with the over under, you know, people come and go uh, quite a bit. Uh, as far as the painting business, I would imagine it's less, but it's probably still pretty high, right? Not really, not for us. Uh, people stay, okay. which is which is really what makes us, I think, pretty successful too. Um, I've got I've got one lady that works for me for 20 years. Okay, and um, we have a we have a board in our in our in our warehouse uh, in my office that uh, for it's 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 a five year employee mm-hmm. five year team member and you get your name up on a plaque and you wear a green shirt everybody else gets a white or a pink shirt they oh, okay. choose if you've been with the company for more than five years you get a green shirt we probably have half the guys half the women men and women are, are wearing green shirts oh, okay nice and, and being able to have that that longevity and you know they just know what they're doing job after job makes life so much easier. So we don't really want, we want to hire people that are going to stay. We want them to have, I want at least two or three years. You know, I mean, I, I, I know I might hire somebody who's younger and, you know, maybe going to school. And I've got a couple of people that do go to school. And I know when they graduate, they're going to go on. But I want to have that two or three year commitment or at least the thought that they're going to do that. Right. Um, but most people that, that, that come to work with us and, and they want to be in the painting profession, they mm-hmm. stay, which has been really nice. So wh- uh, besides just hiring, what's been some of your biggest challenges growing your business? Well, I, I guess it's learning the next step. Yeah. Like I said, I never had a business class. <laughs> you know, um, we, we, we do a, a couple million dollars a year, and, and that brings in a lot of, a lot of things you don't really think about. And, you know, there's, there's, when you, when, when you stop painting the houses, then you got to learn how to do the, uh, to do the marketing, and then you have to learn how to do the accounting, and then you have to learn how to do, you know, the, the, um, um, dealing with the lawyers and the, and the, and the employment laws and, and those kind of things, that those, that that's that hasn't been much of a challenge for us. I mean, we've but every employer really has to worry about the Morgans and Mor- Morgan and Morgan yeah. and you know those kind of things. Which you know, especially you guys, you have guys up on ladders and probably oh yeah. boom lifts and things like that. Yep. Luckily, we've 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 been safe. We've haven't haven't had anything um, really happen that that's that's been a big problem. We haven't had too many, you know. Uh, controversies with you know with any with any of that but it's always in the back of your mind right and then with the other business uh, besides COVID I don't know if you've been in it long enough and it's probably been overwhelming all COVID and just how how are we going to do this safely but um any any surprises like besides COVID like you going into that type of business and you're like oh I didn't expect that we, we, we were only in business for 21, 21 22 days before COVID. Uh-huh. So I didn't even have enough, <laughs> have enough time to, to know what, you know, what, what I didn't know. Right. And then all of a sudden COVID hit and we were shut down. And then it was, 
I mean, it was kind of exciting in a way. It was it was that kind of like problem solving, kind of you know, adrenaline kind of. In, in a weird way, it was a rush solving those problems right. and, and pivoting and, 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 okay, now we can, you know, okay, so the laws keep changing and we have the opportunity to, the restaurants can be open but bars can't. Well, we have a restaurant license, but we don't have a huge kitchen. So how do we make this into a, how can we use our kitchen to provide food to operate as a restaurant so that we can ac- at least keep our people working? Right. You know, so we, I mean, and every day it changed. Every, I mean, we, we were we were thinking, okay, we're going to plan this for this month and then the the things would change. Okay, we're planning for this week and then it would change. So it was it was literally day by day there for a while. And then they, then they let us open up and then they shut us back down again. A week later, they're like, "Okay, never mind, you can be you can be open <laughs> again." I mean, so the the challenges that we had with the bar I mean, there were just there were there were so many of them. Uh, but luckily, we've had we've been able to keep that that group together too. Right. Um, How many employees do you have there? Uh, I want to say about 10 or 12. Okay. Yeah, not, it's not that many, but we, we, we're keeping it light mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, we don't really know right. what's going to happen next. And, and the people that are, that are working for us are, you know, they're, they're really good at their jobs. They, they want the extra hours, you know. So we would like to have a couple more, but if you, want, if you hire somebody, you're going to want to be able to provide them enough hours. Right. And, you know, we never know what we're going to get on any given day. So we, the, since August, we've we've been able to pretty much pay all of our bills. Okay, well we that's weren't. Great. Yeah, I mean, we weren't able to. You know, I mean, we had to get. You know, we had to make deals with the landlord and the electric. You know, the right. <laughs> electric company. I mean, we had no money coming in. Right. And um, so since August, we've been able to pay all of our bills, none of our debts, but we've been able to pay all of our bills, which is keeping us afloat. And I think you mentioned something about the hospitality industry. It's just just getting through this. Yeah. No. We just have to find a way to get through it. Yeah, it just open the doors one more day and, yeah. and, and, and figure it out. And, you know, it's it's been really challenging, as as you know. Just it's, uh, I mean, it's a, just it's a horrible business model for a pandemic. <laughs> yes, and, and then, you know, the big questions of, well, even though they're saying we can do this, is it the right thing to do? You absolutely have to. We have to balance that mm-hmm. ethical dilemma right you know i mean if we're allowed to have that many people in there do we and and, and you're also conscious of of the community the community is right. watching you right you know so i mean and, and that that happened there was a lot of that stuff going up on facebook i know we were kind of damned if we didn't damned if we didn't yeah no we we made the decision really early on to like shut down just we didn't know and we were criticized heavily uh, just like, well, you, you know, you're letting the community down and, you know, you know, the, your competitors are open and, and, you know, we just didn't know. And, and I didn't go into business to hurt people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thought of serving somebody a cup of coffee and, and especially early on, we didn't know a lot about like, we we're just, you know, how bad it was going to be. And, and I, I didn't want to kill anybody, sure. you know, just because. And so, I mean, there was all those, you know, ma- major challenges, which I would imagine with over under, uh, you're all the same questions, right? Well, we, like I was saying on Facebook, you've got these groups that are like the the anti mask wearing, right? You know, and they're like they're they're really upset if you make them wear a mask, right? And they're calling you out, right? And then there's another group that's the uh, mask establishment group. 
Right, and they're calling you out if you're not forcing people to wear a mask. So <clears throat> what the challenge was, and it was, it was, I think it was, it wasn't meant to be, but Leon County had a mask ordinance, right? They had the mask mm-hmm. mandate. The state of Florida did not after phase two. So right. now we're in phase two. Leon County is saying you have to wear a mask. The people that hold our licenses say that we don't. So we're trying to balance that out, right? Now, we don't want to be in a position where we're pestering our customer. Right. You know, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to wear a mask, you got to wear And then they're going to get mad at us, but we're doing what the, the, the county is saying that we're going to do. And then they start pulling liquor licenses from some bars. We had a couple in Tallahassee that got pulled, right. a couple down in Orlando that got pulled. And we're trying to figure out, well, what are they doing? You know, we want to make sure that we can stay in business. We want to stay in business safely, and we want our customers to be happy. So the, the DBPR, or um, whoever it was that was regulating the license has the authority to pull it, they said that they are looking at not only the statewide ordinances, but the county ordinances, too, even though they're a state agency. Mm-hmm. So now that we had the ordinance, we're trying to make sure that we have to go above and beyond. Just And this is just legal stuff, just trying to, what do we have to do to stay open? Right. So we ended up hiring somebody to act like like a security. Like I wasn't quite a bouncer, but somebody kind of sit there to explain as you come in, these are the rules right. that you have to abide by. And and then, you know, and we got <laughs> bad reviews because we were asking, we, we had to ask one young lady to put her mask on four or five times. Right. And we look, we, we're going to have to ask you to leave. Like, you have to do this. And, and, and you know, okay, that her friends apologize, but the next day the boyfriend writes a bad review. Right. And then we tried to have something, okay, now we could, we know what we're allowed to do. We're going to have a new New Year's Eve party. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to come on over July, you know, the June 30th or whatever, you know, we're going to 2020 and a half. Let's put <laughs> this behind us. And we could do it under the parameters that we were uh, allowed and still be safe. But then we got, you know, criticized because we were going to have an event and, you know, we didn't care about people's health. Right. So no matter which way you went, and like you mentioned, you know, you could look at it in two ways too. So when you close Red Eye and the competitors were open, well, now there's more people getting stuck into one spot. So by being able to open right. Red Eye, you can separate, you can actually have more choices and, and be spread out. And that was one of the arguments that I had, not just in business, but the city shut down all of the soccer fields. But the kids were playing at a smaller field. So now all of the organizations are going to this smaller field and crowding it. Right. So what they thought they were doing was good was actually bottlenecking everybody over here, you know. So we all nobody really knew y- what the, what the consequences of the, of the <laughs> rules were going to be. You all try to do the right thing. Right. But then you create another situation, and it happens in in in, in government and in business, and and this pandemic is just, I mean, that's really opened up a, 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 a my eyes to a lot of a lot of things that, that, that end up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unintended consequences. <laughs> Un- and unintended things. consequences. Exactly. So absolutely. So let's uh, wave the magic wand and the pandemic, you know, that is done. Uh, we got the vaccine coming where I think we're all hopeful that we're all going to be able to get back to normal life, hopefully sometime in 2021. So, What's the future look like for you as an entrepreneur? You got two companies going. Um, what's next? Play a lot of golf. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know if starting companies <laughs> and playing a lot of golf go hand in hand. But well, we did. I, I am. Uh, I did invest in the Clarn Country Club too. So oh, that, did you? That's part of my uh, right. January twenty twenty 
my, when my wife and I we did the two things we, we we invested in the in the in the country club and we bought we we invested in the bar. So actually, I could go play golf and call it work. Okay, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> but as far as the next step, um, I think the, the the painting business is in really really good shape. It's it, we've got good systems in place and mm-hmm. and, um, and and I don't really need to do a whole lot there. Uh, the the bar is fun. It's kind of like that hobby job, right? You know, that so it's going to be. I, I'm going to spend. I'm going to still want to spend a lot of time getting the bar with my partners to the point where, you know, we we, we know it can be. Um, I'm just going to keep my eyes open. You know, I, I don't know what I don't have in my in my head like, hey, this is the next step that I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to just kind of see what options out there present themselves, um, whether it might be getting into some commercial property. We also have um, I've got 10 rental properties, residential rental properties. And okay. I, I thought maybe about going in, you know, getting a, a commercial building. We rent the one we're at now. Um, it might be nice to actually own uh, some commercial property. So going in that route, which isn't really, I mean, it's still entrepreneurial, but it wouldn't require many more, you know, employees or anything. It right. would just be more towards the, you know, just the, the portfolio. But, you know, there's there's, there's going to be options out there. I don't know what they are yet, but I'm always open for them. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, we have uh, over 500 entrepreneurship students at the Jim Moran College of Entrepreneurship. And wanted to uh, give you the opportunity to impart some wisdom on on them uh, basically what is what is something that you wish you knew or is like part of just uh, your your process of success that you would like to pass on to them well like I said I never took a business class so I didn't I don't really know what I didn't know which mm-hmm. I think kind of helped me in a way, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was, it was, it's just problem solving, you know? So if you've got the desire and you've got the ability to work with people and, and go out there and you have a passion for, for, for what it is that you're going to go into business for and have a passion for being able to write your own ticket, I guess the, the first part of advice is to do it. Don't, don't wait. You know, right. I mean, I, we all, we all know that person that, that, that wants to do it and just keeps writing be- business plans. Right. And never does anything because they've never written the perfect business plan. Right. There is no perfect business plan. I, I you know, if you want, if you want to start a business, you got to just go out there and do it, and then just start solving problems. And then once you've kind of gotten into your rhythm, you've got to take that next step. Like I mentioned, you got to stop doing what your business is, and start doing the next step so that people can start doing that business for you. So when I started my business, we I painted apartments at FSU. Mm-hmm. Now I'm basic. I'm a CEO, mm-hmm. you know? So if I didn't stop painting apartments, I would still be painting apartments. Right. So you have to just go out there and do it and, and, and have the confidence that you're going to do it. Start the business and just start putting out, keep putting out those fires, try to put the fires out before they start, be proactive, not reactive if you can, and then start training people to do what you do so that you can take that next level. Nice. That's a good word and and uh, a good thought to complete our or conclude our uh, podcast. So thank you so much for coming in. Well, thank you very much. It was a, it was a pleasure. It was really much. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. Thanks for joining the Florida State podcast of entrepreneurship and innovation. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and sharing to your favorite social media.